You are listening to an episode of the Technology Consulting Series on Design Talk. So, welcome to the podcast. I'm Sandra. And I'm Botswan. Our guest today uh, is Mark from Accenture. And you are really welcome to the podcast. Could we start a brief introduction and how do you end up in your role? Thanks for having me in, guys. Um, you know, I, I think a, a kind of interesting setting for me. So, I get a bit of background. Um, I was here a couple of years ago, so I did the MSc in Digital Innovation with, with Alan. Um, finished in 2017, so I did like the part-time over two years. And I, I was just saying to Alan before I kind of came on, which was I, I have this kind of weird kind of career arc that's very much come from that MSc in Digital Innovation and, and where I started out here. So I would have been working in the insurance industry at the time. Um, I was working for one of the large brokerages, um, but I said I, I kind of wanted to change the scenery and I was always interested in tech and I wanted to pivot into something else. And what it ended up happening was I, I kind of finished this up and I was like, what's next? Where do I go to? And a guy who I knew from beforehand who had also done the MSc in digital innovation uh, referred me into my next company that I ended up in. So I spent a bit of time in the gambling industry. And then someone else who did the MSc in digital innovation who I, who I kind of knew beforehand as well again referred me on to where I am now so I'm in Accenture so um you know it's great it's great being back and uh because it, it kind of the, the modern arc of my career the, the more recent arc of my career is very much rooted in here and I remember sitting in this classroom on you know far rainier evenings than than we have today um so yeah look thanks a million for for kind of having me in that's very interesting thank you so, will you consider yourself generalist or a specialist, like a T-shape or P-shape person? Yeah, um, good question. So, I, I think maybe there's, there's a bit to that kind of career arc as well, which is which is me as a person. But um, I, I think I'm a general, generalist and I've always been quite comfortable being a generalist. And I think when you find out what kind of shape you are as a person or you, you, you kind of come to appreciate how you learn what works for you. I, I think, you know, the, the, the two are quite intrinsic and the appeal of that kind of change from like different industries and different settings is a reflection of me as a person. Um, I, I just enjoy seeing different things, learning about different things. And I'm mindful of kind of all of you in here today and your, your background in data and analytics. And I think as much as anything, my move to the gambling industry was a reflection of that because I was always like, a hobbyist, you know, I don't have your guys kind of hard skills, um, but a hobbyist in data and, and analytics and how that translates to the world of gambling and, and the world of probability and and everything like that. Um, and then I, I think more recently now in my career in, in Accenture, that generalist thing is very much tied to the role of a strategist and, and what we do and, and the kind of where we fit in in the, the the kind of big wheel that is Accenture and and the consultancies, because um, you know it, it would be great to think of there's one person who can do it all who can come in and front to back they they come up with the strategy you know where do you want to be in in future state um, from an analytics perspective with, with your organization one person comes in sets the strategy goes about putting in the right kind of tool and goes about training up the the kind of people in there. The reality is that I think a lot of the people in this room will go on to do different tasks and different roles based on that specialist or generalist thing. 
um, you know, where the generalists might find themselves more in the strategy realm. They'll pick up different things and they'll help in different kind of ways. And the, the deep specialists will fulfill one of those individual steps. If it's the, the kind of the, the tooling element and, and coming to learn about that, if it's the kind of training element and, and kind of helping to impart that information to people. So, so there's definitely, um, you know, the, the, there's a nice relationship as we think of those two things and the kind of roles that you could fulfill in, in a consultancy. Yeah, thanks for your insight from your experience of generalists and specialists. So I would like to, so, and now you are a consultant. So what made you end up with become a consultant and what tip you would like to provide with us? Yeah. Um, so I, I think me becoming a consultant um, is kind of a reflection. So, so in kind of consulting language as much as anything else, I think we refer to two things. There's, there's industry and there's consulting. I don't think we deserve a whole half of the picture to ourselves. You know, we're only a small piece. But the idea of industry and the businesses who you kind of see and know and recognize every day versus the consultancies, and you probably know the names like, like the Accentures. Um, I think the main thing that I found in industry is you kind of sit within an organization. It kind of goes back to the generalist versus specialist thing. You're going to sit within one of the verticals, you know, one part of the organization. You're going to have a day-to-day -day job where you're kind of helping the whole thing move forward and, and progress and whatever else. Um, but the interesting thing about consultancy is as you kind of come outside that pyramid, you definitely have the opportunities to interact with different parts and different places and do different things, particularly depending on what kind of discipline you, you choose to, to involve yourself in. I, I think from my perspective, becoming a consultant and the reason I became a consultant goes back to that generalist mindset or, or desire to do as much as I could. Um, I, I didn't want to be in a kind of silo, you know, the day-to-day -day job. The nature of strategy in particular is short and sharp. You know, we can be in and we do six weeks worth of work and we do eight weeks worth of, worth of work. And we very much tee it up for the specialists who sit behind us, those people with that really, really deep knowledge in a specific area. As, as we create whatever the plan is going forward, whatever the strategy is going forward, or, or kind of set off a, a transformation journey. I think I, I saw it described before as strategy being the kind of beachhead for everything that comes after in the nature of transformation and, and change that consultancies provide. So, so I kind of think of that as a, a desire for the, the short and the sharp and the new and the novel from me personally, and then the perfect opportunity to do that in, in consultancy. That's great. So did you project yourself you will be in this role like after you graduate? Did I see myself as a consultant? So I, I think um, when I kind of left um, the, the MSc in, in digital innovation, I had, I had an idea in my head that I wanted to do something in the tech space. Um, and I didn't even know what that something was. Uh, so I said, look, I don't know what the something is, so I need to try out a whole lot of everything now. Um, and it was going on to a graduate program immediately after, but in industry, so in the gambling industry. But it gave me the opportunity to move about that organization and see a whole lot of different things in that organization. 
and I think that sounds a lot like what I'm doing today. Um, you know, interacting with different pieces, uh, working in different places, probably just uh, kind of getting enough knowledge of each to, to go so deep until you move on to the next piece and, and go down again. Um, so I, that, that's the kind of pie shape versus, uh, do we still call it a T shape or has that evolved since I left? But yeah, I, I think that's kind of why I, I ended up, um, you know, as, as a consultant in, in particular. That's really good because that is what we are going through. Yeah. We're going to graduate and I have no idea. Personally. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, if, you, if, if there's a lot of people with their mindset in here, like here and now, congratulations, well done. Um, because I think as many people out there are kind of like, oh God, like what do I do or where do I go? I, I always worry about people that they, they kind of feel obliged to just go to like a really big high street kind of name like something really recognizable because there's a comfort in knowing that but i i think ultimately people will end up in lots of different places as, as they go through that evolution of what do i want to do you know what kind of person am i um how are my skills suited to x y or z so so it's not like the next destination is that you know that's it we've arrived at a point where we've gone from you know one job for all time to uh, people are going to have seven eight ten different jobs over the next very long time um and it's, and it's kind of a bit of discovery about yourself what what actually works for you that's very interesting honestly like the fact that you move from the from one industry such as the gambling to accidentary it's just a massive like kind of change yeah. in my opinion so what would you say like um as a consultant now um some of the um, challenges that you have faced and how did you become a problem solver of those challenges yeah. and as well how the previous experience in the gambling help you with yeah those? so I, I think problem solver is a really interesting word for it and, and maybe it starts with um you know why why do people actually engage consultants like what what is it that we do i think there's a small stigma around consulting I, like I, I genuinely think there is a small stigma which is the idea of you know you go out and you pay loads of money for these people and you know the, the savants of of whatever and I, i'd love to get away from the idea of of that um i don't think we know everything i don't think we like we pretend to know everything i, I think uh, consultants should be quite transparent about what the value is. I think the nature of engaging consultants and kind of the run-up and why different companies will do it, they might need the additional capacity. They might need um, the experience of someone who's kind of done it before. And as you look at those two things and you think of like the hiring process and the challenges of kind of pulling in a new team from scratch, finding the right skills, there is a nice short-term answer, which is consultancy. Um, you you can find those skills. So so I, I I think I was I was chatting with you guys before, like deep Python skills. They're not knocking around everywhere. They, they're quite tough to get. But if you think of it from an organizational perspective, you only have a relatively short-term project. You're it's more in the kind of proof of concept space, which is you don't know if you're going to commit to a new thing in, in data and analytics. Um, what's the safe answer that isn't like hiring a team of 10 
um, going through that long and, and like I, I think hiring in the current market is a, is quite an arduous process um, for it not really to work out or maybe you didn't get the right people in or maybe you're paying over the market rate because you're not a recognized name. So, so that role of consultant as a problem solver um, is one lens of why we're engaged. Uh, ultimately, there's a challenge of some description that we're being asked to, to come in and do. And ideally, what we'll leverage in doing that is on a short-term basis, uh, we can come in and we can bring our experience from doing that same thing somewhere else. We can come in and solve that challenge through the kind of flex capacity that we have so we can bring in extra people power to, to help with it. Um, or, you know, we, we can maybe go in on a longer term basis and, and become, you know, uh, almost a part of the organization. We will work with them as a strategic partner and we'll help them on a journey where we can use some of those things like that experience like, that we have, like that capacity that we have to augment something that they're kind of well able to do by themselves. But it, it, there's a mutually beneficial piece there that we, we can kind of rely on each other and help each other. Yeah, that's really great. And you also already answered my next question because it's about the limitation of your knowledge. But as you explain, you are problem solver, you already answered. So I would rather ask, like, it seems like you have been cooperate with different companies, different people from different industry. So like, did you enjoy to embrace different things from different knowledge yeah. during your process? Yeah, I, I think the limitations of knowledge thing isn't, well, I, I hope I haven't exhausted it. I, like, I could talk for hours about how little I actually know and point out all the separate things. Um, I, I think the limitations of knowledge, the one thing that I really emphasize about it is that there's nothing worse than someone who would go in to pretend to know it all. Um, because fundamentally, there shouldn't be an expectation that any one person knows it all. And when I'm, when I'm talking about the benefits of kind of engaging a consultancy, I think you also benefit from a, a network effect of some description. So, so in one sense, you hire me as an individual to go in and help with a challenge. But the reality is that we're in a relatively small market in Ireland. Um, there's a distinct possibility that one or two other companies have done it with that kind of network effect and the global scale of particularly like an, an Accenture where 500,000 people worldwide operating in a whole host of different co countries, um, you get the benefit of the experience of people within the network, which is my opportunity to reach out to someone with really deep expertise, who's done it all before, who's done that exact thing before. Um, it's never copy and paste. It, you know, it's never that straightforward, but it, it's really beneficial to have that guidance from someone else um, to, to take their learnings away in particular. And then as a problem solver, apply some of that, you know, rich context that we have to the new problem at hand, which will have nuances. No two will ever be the same, um, but but very much that, that kind of opportunity to, to leverage the, the network again. So... So the, the limitations of knowledge individually can be solved by the network effect. Um, and the network effect for us as problem solvers is probably the, the single biggest strength that we have when you talk about an organization going out to hire one individual 
versus an organization going out to hire an individual from a consultancy with the full backing of the consultancy behind them. Um, so sorry, I, I think I've gotten one question back in, in, in your list there, but uh, hopefully I, I did it uh, some, some service. Yeah, it's really great because you identify the individual from a consultancy company. It's quite different from like any individual because they have a whole company like behind them to support yeah. him. That is a really great explanation. Yeah, great. And in general, like how will you say digital innovation like help you to develop different skills for being um, a consultant? Like right now you are kind of a, in a different path of your masters yeah but how will you say those skills were transferred to your current job so i i think there's something really interesting about academics when it comes to just that straight transfer to core consultancy skills um i, I think first and foremost like regardless of the role that you go into you, you need to bring a degree of diligence to it um i i think that like I, I don't think there's many roles that kind of the people in this room will go out to, to do in future that won't be in some way centered around deadlines, that, that won't require uh, some kind of engagement with their peers, working as a group, working as a team. Um, the advantages of good note-taking. I, I mean, and I, I always thought I was the kind of person that I, I would go quite well, like I could sit down after a conversation and kind of say, oh, I can play 90% of that back, you know, to myself, it, it, it kind of sticks for me and, that, and that's all well and good. But when we talk about kind of disseminating that information to our colleagues and we talk about that network effect, it's not good enough for me to only have it in my head. You know, I have to be able to commit it to paper. I have to be able to condense it and shape it in, in, a, in a way that makes it accessible to others. Um, and all of a sudden I, I realized that that note-taking skill is something that I learned, you know, here, sitting in this same room. Um, I had an opportunity to hone it over the course of two years, and I, I do it day by day. Like, I just burn through notebooks at the moment. I, I still prefer by hand. I, I don't know why. Um, but it, it's something kind of really advantageous. I think when you think about research in, in academics, you know, it's a lot of the same research that I do to this day. We have these central repositories of documents that we look up um, because we're trying to find the similar thing out there to what our current client challenge is, see who else has done it, see who's committed to writing, see if we can reach out to them. Um, and, you know, kind of researching that as, as, a, as a problem as, as well. So... I think a lot of those core skills in, in consulting are like directly like for like with, with academics, the kind of things that would set you apart and help you succeed in this classroom will help you succeed in um in a kind of consulting role, but probably loads of roles out there. I don't think it's it's exclusive to, to consulting. That's good, because in general, like I know a lot of people here we kind of like change our career path or Yes, some of us or some of them, they have like experience in in consultancy, but it is important to kind of like know that not because we have we're changing our career paths like we are not going to be like good enough or yeah. we're not going to be successful in finding a job and like probably business analytics or consultancy. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Thanks. Great.
So like you have mentioned about you like to take note and like it is helpful for your academic thinking as well your uh, consulting thinking. So like how did you adopt yourself from an academic thinking to an consulting thinking? Um, that's a great question. And, and it's almost a small bit tough for me because I, I think the real foray into academics for me was when I was here doing my, my MSc. But at the same time, I was only doing that part-time. So I, I was working in the insurance industry at the time. And I, I think maybe I brought a slightly different mindset to things because, you know, you, you're working at the same time as, as you're, you're kind of studying. It becomes something, oh, I, 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 I don't know what single word would do it justice. You know, challenging is a word that, that you go with, but it, it becomes a task that sits on top of your working day. And then you take the same discipline that you have in your working day to that additional task, which you're doing by night, you're doing by evening, you're doing by weekend. And it almost becomes like seven days of work, unfortunately, as it, as it was at the time. Um, I think if I go back slightly further to when I was in university and, you know, the, the kind of day to day and then the flip to the working world, um, the mindset change of professionalism and kind of putting your best foot forward and that diligence, um, I, I think it helps when you have, you know, kind of people around you who've done it for a long time, people who set the tone. The way I'd always put it to people like kind of going into a workplace for the first time, so to speak, is pick out one person who you would aspire to be, look at what they do and try and bring that same mindset, attitude and everything else that, that goes with it. Because that's the one thing that I don't think, you know, full-time academics to full-time work translates well. I, I, I'd really struggle to, to kind of talk about a, a parallel mindset um i think it's all about finding out who it is that you would aspire to be in an organization almost learning what good mindset looks like from them and talking about that who would be the that person for you um who would be that person from a mindset perspective um i don't know like very early in my career i remember one like an old mentor of mine um, who was just like a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I'm not sure if it was like 100% the person I wanted to be from like a conduct and the way that they interacted with people. I'd say old school might be a word that you could say. Um, but I think that was the person who I very much aspired to be from a go out and learn, constantly assimilate knowledge and be the kind of person who people would be inclined to go to when they say, I have a question, you know, who would I ask? Because I, I always thought that was so admirable that there was someone who spent so long learning their craft. Maybe that's a small bit weird because I'm a generalist. So, you know, what is it that you come to, to ask me about? A apparently anything. Um, because, you know, I don't have one field that I'd say I'm so deep into. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was that was who I, I kind of wanted to be in some way, shape or form. Well, that is really interesting. So like, if you are the one, I think you can inspire me. Then how should I get to know you more? How should I get along with you? So like, I can have more knowledge from you. 
I, I mean, I'm happy to go for a coffee. I, li- <laughs> I like a pint now and again, if you wanted to do that. Um, and no, I, 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 I'd sincerely say it. What I'll do is I'll leave off my details after this. Um, I'd be happy for people to reach out and, and have a chat. Um, it, it's the best thing in the world to break up a working day, sit down and have a coffee with someone for 15 minutes. Um, so by all means, yeah, let's, yeah. let's catch up some, sometime after this. <laughs> no problem, we went through it. <laughs> What will you say it's one of the biggest like challenges you have been faced during your career in Accenture? Um I I think one thing that you're always working to in consult it's like strategy consulting in, in particular is a certain degree of ambiguity around what the final outcome is. Um And like I, I've said a couple of times that you have these vast repar- repositories to look up and, you know, people have done it before and, and kind of getting a sense of what works. But just because it worked there doesn't make it the perfect answer for somewhere else. Um, and I think like every day you're looking at something new, something novel, something that you haven't necessarily seen before. And you're trying to bring a mindset which says... I don't have all the answers. We have to go through a process to learn, to understand, because it would be lovely if we had a copy and paste from somewhere else. But when you go into an organization, and let's go from like a, a data and analytics perspective, right? Uh, you have someone at the top of an organization comes to you and say, look, we, we want to be a data-led organization. We want to make informed business decisions uh, around data, and we want to mature that capability. And you say, great, well, I have an example um, of X company on the far side of the globe who did it, and they did it really well. Um, let's just copy and paste that and take that over here. And then you find out you can't access the skills in the market. You know, Ireland's a small place. Um, and then you find out that maybe there's a certain mentality within the company that is quite retrenched in its thinking. I, I'm kind of thinking of like Moneyball, if you've ever seen the film. Um, you know, you, you come in and it's the old scouts. They, they don't want to, to kind of come around to the new world. It's not going to work for them. Uh, and, and like all of a sudden, this ambiguity is thrown up in your face. Like, what do you do and how do you react? Um, because the answer is going to be one that, first of all, makes sense in our minds. You know, what we've seen elsewhere and the experience that we bring. Um, but it also has to be one that the client can kind of get in behind and believes will create the value. Um, so there's two things there that you're working to. You're working to a client expectation and you're working to, as far as you understand, a pragmatic outcome from what we've seen elsewhere, the experience that we bring. And marrying up those two is the ambiguity. Um, that is the challenge every day. You know, there's, there's never a day that you're not working on refining and, and finding that middle point of those two things because you know we're not there to dictate what's right we're there to support our clients in creating value and and value first and foremost is is kind of what the client perceives as value because it's their business they will know it better than us we, we can't pretend to know that we understand their business better than they do uh, i think a lot of times we can't pretend to to kind of, well, sorry, for me in particular, maybe the deep specialist would be slightly different, but I can't pretend to know a client's industry better than they do either. But I 
can kind of go out and discover what it is out there in the world that might work for them. And then it's the collaborative process that gets to that, that end goal that, that we need to do afterwards. So it seems like you have mentioned the challenge of ambiguity. So like, have you encountered any like failure of your clients or like have you encountered any really hard time when you are consultant? Uh, okay. Failure is always a tricky word to use. You know, no one, no one wants to turn around and say that, that I, I failed. I think if you take it on a micro level rather than a macro level, there's an element of failure that you deal with in every day. And until you arrive at that perfectly crafted final answer, final document that signed, sealed and delivered and handed off, um, I'm kind of slowly failing every day. Uh, you know, this slide isn't right. This organization chart isn't right. This isn't the right solution. This isn't the right tooling. I don't think this will work for us. I, I wouldn't like to call it failure, but as you work through that ambiguity, you'll find yourself knocked back quite a bit um, because you continue to try and craft something that isn't perfect and might never be perfect. Um, and you go through kind of continuous review and these cycles of refining a final output to get it as close to what works for both of us, client value and our perception of, of, of what works. Um, it can be challenging. It, it can be frustrating. I'd almost be reluctant to call it failure because if you got into that mindset of this is failing, it means that you're kind of in the wrong place. You've got to try things. You've got to try a new thing every day. Um, and if you can get to the end of it where everyone's ultimately happy, it just means that you tried enough things, you brought a novel enough mindset to it, and you arrived at some kind of sweet spot between ourselves and the clients who we're trying to create value for. So like your experience is turn the vicious cycle into a virtual cycle. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope that's it, yeah. That's really great. Um, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and experience today. And thank you for being here with us. Yeah, brilliant. Look, thank thanks you so much for, for having me in and my pleasure. I thank you for listening. The music is Impulse by Ben Prunty from his album Chromatic T-Rex and used with his permission.